Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though, and links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we're talking about what happens when ovulation doesn't happen as planned. I'm Rachel and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition and menstrual cycle health will dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. Hey, Rachel here with an exclusive invitation just for my podcast listeners. Desperate to ditch the pill, but the fear of getting pregnant leaves you in a cold sweat? Or maybe you want to halve the time it actually takes to get pregnant. You've tried all the apps, you're going through ovulation testing kits faster than you'd like to admit, and you have no idea if any of it is even worthwhile. If this sounds like you, I see you and I have just what you need. I am giving you access to my free fertility masterclass where I'll teach you exactly how to chart your menstrual cycle and identify your body's natural fertile signs so that you can achieve or avoid pregnancy naturally and without the stress. You'll learn the biggest fertility mistakes most women don't even know they're making, how to identify when you're fertile and pinpoint ovulation day without apps, testing strips, or complicated charting systems, all in under five minutes a day. I'll even spill the beans on the one thing you need to get pregnant quickly and naturally, or to use a natural method of birth control that is equally as effective as the pill. Even better, I will hand over exclusive access to my signature four-part fertility framework. Want in? Of course you do. To save your spot for this free training, head on over to fertilityco.com.au forward slash masterclass. See you there. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Fertility Co podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today we are talking about anovulatory cycles, meaning cycles where ovulation may be delayed or may not occur. We all know that ovulation occurs about halfway through your menstrual cycle, definitely not always on day 14, as we have been led to believe, but somewhere around the middle, right? But what if your cycle is 40 days long? 
or 50 or 60? Well, if your cycle is irregular or on the longer side, then there's a good chance that your body has attempted to ovulate once or twice before it actually released an egg. And sometimes it's just all too hard and it gives up and decides to try again next month. This is called an ovulation and it happens more commonly than you might think. So if you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're not a new listener, then hopefully you have a bit of an understanding already about the signs that ovulation is approaching or has in fact already occurred. If you want to know more about identifying your fertile signs and pinpointing ovulation day, then make sure you save your spot for my free fertility masterclass that will take you through those key signs of fertility that you see throughout your menstrual cycle. Link for that is in the show notes or over at fertilityco.com.au forward slash masterclass. So like I said, hopefully you've got a little bit of an understanding about that already, but let's quickly recap what will normally happen in a menstrual cycle before we start talking about anything out of the ordinary. In a typical menstrual cycle, your body prepares for the release of an egg in a fairly predictable way. After your period, estrogen levels will rise and cervical mucus will transition from that mostly dry and sticky to a fertile quality mucus that's wet and slippery. After the egg is released at ovulation, estrogen levels will drop, progesterone levels will rise, and our cervical mucus dries up again. If you want to learn more about that fertile window, then you can go all the way back to episode two of the podcast, conveniently named Am I Ovulating? So what is an ovulation? An ovulation refers to a cycle where ovulation didn't occur or where the body took longer than expected to release an egg. So your body might need to attempt to ovulate multiple times before that egg is eventually released or until estrogen levels are high enough to actually trigger ovulation. So during the window of time where your body is attempting to ovulate, you might see patches of days with that wet cervical mucus, followed by dry days, followed by wet days again, and you're not seeing an obvious transition from one type to the other like you would expect to. So I always describe the follicular phase, the non-fertile phase between menstruation and ovulation as an unchanging mucus pattern. That's really important. It's called your basic infertile pattern and it's unchanging from one day to the next. But in this sort of situation, it's changing. It's getting gradually wetter and more lubricative and then it's drying up again and then it's getting wetter again and then it's drying up again. So the first time this happens, you're probably thinking that you've ovulated But then when the the fertile mucus comes back, you're thinking, hey, what's going on here? And like I said, you're not seeing that obvious change from dry to wet to dry again. And all of this can lead to an absent or a delayed period. If bleeding still occurs during the cycle, even if you didn't ovulate, then this is called anovulatory bleeding. But it's not considered to be a true period because you can't menstruate if you don't actually ovulate. One leads to the other. And ovulation is really common in women with PCOS, with thyroid conditions, or if they're approaching menopause as well. And young women who are just beginning to menstruate will also experience an ovulation during the first years of their, men- of their menstrual cycle, but their cycles will, re- or will or should, I should say, regulate over time as the body figures out what it's doing. If you've ever taken the oral contraceptive pill, you would have noticed that your periods were very different compared to when you were not taking the pill. For example, it was probably lighter. It was probably um, lighter pink. It wasn't that heavy, rich red blood, and it probably didn't go for as long either. And this is because you don't ovulate when you're on the pill. 
This means your body's not going through a typical menstrual cycle. And the period that you get while you're on the pill is called a withdrawal bleed. And that's due to the sudden withdrawal of the hormone pills when you switch to taking the non-hormone sugar pills for seven days. That is an example of anovulatory bleeding. If you notice one month that your cycle is unusually long or wonky, then you might have experienced delayed ovulation or an anovulatory cycle. An anovulatory cycle can happen every once in a while, and it might be due to stress, illness, travel, especially across time zones, any sort of temporary disruption to your hormone balance. This is nothing to panic about. It's pretty normal to see a wonky cycle every now and then, because at the end of the day, we are not robots. Being anovulatory, so consistently not ovulating in your menstrual cycle, however, happens over a long period of time, and it may or may not resolve depending on the cause. So this isn't having an anovulatory cycle. This is being anovulatory. This could be due to being underweight or overweight. Like I said, PCOS, thyroid issues, or something more temporary like breastfeeding. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. So how is your cycle and your chart affected by all of this? So now that you have a bit of an idea about what is actually happening when you don't ovulate or your ovulation is delayed, I want you to think for a minute about how your cycle and if you're charting, how your chart might be different if you ovulated but didn't get a period compared to if you got your period but didn't ovulate. Are you still with me? While you're thinking, let's consider the basics. So ovulation is an essential part of the menstrual cycle. It triggers a rise in progesterone, a fall in estrogen, and it initiates that second half of the cycle after ovulation towards either menstruation or pregnancy. Ovulation and menstruation are both essential to regulate our hormone levels and maintain balance. So if ovulation doesn't occur, progesterone levels don't rise, meaning estrogen levels remain high and the sex hormones are then unbalanced. Excessive estrogen or estrogen dominance can then trigger other health and fertility concerns. So in a typical chart, we'll see that ovulation has happened due to that upward shift in our basal body temperature, usually the day after ovulation. And we'll also see that change in our mucus patterns from slippery and wet to dry and sticky, coinciding with that temperature shift. If you were charting and ovulation hadn't occurred, meaning this is an anovulatory cycle, there's no upward shift of our temperature because progesterone levels haven't risen to trigger that upward shift in temperature. What produces progesterone after ovulation? It's the corpus luteum, which is the remains of the follicle once the egg has been released. So if the egg isn't released, then there's no corpus luteum that forms to produce progesterone, meaning there's no temperature jump, which means without ovulation, menstruation or a true period can't happen. But some women may still observe bleeding. 
and they'll just assume that it's their period if they're not watching for any of these other fertile signs. And this can happen when estrogen production continues to thicken the endometrium, the lining of the uterus, in preparation for implantation of a fertilized egg. But the estrogen levels don't actually rise high enough to trigger ovulation in the first place. One of two things can then happen. Estrogen levels build up slowly and then they drop just like in a typical menstrual cycle. But the estrogen levels are too low to actually trigger release of the other hormones that then lead to ovulation. When estrogen levels drop, you might experience a withdrawal bleed, just like you do when you're on the pill, when you stop taking the hormone pills and swap them for the sugar pills. What else could happen? Well, it's more common for the endometrium to continue to thicken and build up and up and up to the point where it can no longer sustain itself. So without ovulation, progesterone levels are too low to maintain that thickened lining. So it builds up, but then it still breaks down and it's released just like a typical period. And this is called estrogen breakthrough bleeding. So like I said, if you weren't charting, if you weren't tracking those signs of ovulation, you would just assume it was your period because the bleeding might look a little bit different to what you're used to, but it's still bleeding. But if you were charting and you were looking out for those signs of ovulation, you would more easily be able to spot that it hadn't actually happened because, like I said, you wouldn't see that temperature shift. You wouldn't see the change in mucus. So this seriously shows how important understanding your cycle and charting in particular is for seeing whether or not you're ovulating especially if you're trying to conceive, and especially if you've had any concerns that you might not actually be ovulating for whatever reason. So like I said, there are lots of temporary reasons for an ovulatory bleeding or an an ovulatory and a regular cycle. So illness, travel, stress, excessive exercise, or changes in your weight. Those medical causes that tend to trigger consistently an ovulatory cycles rather than a one-off they will usually continue unless they're addressed, unless the underlying cause is addressed. And this can include underactive thyroid, PCOS or polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, excessive prolactin, so the breastfeeding hormone. So you might see this when you're breastfeeding. Also primary ovarian insufficiency, which more commonly known as premature menopause. So As you can see, there are quite a few reasons why women may not ovulate with every cycle or why they may experience abnormal bleeding. We're not robots. We're affected by our environment and all of these things can influence our delicate hormone balance. And that's going to come up as changes in our menstrual cycle. Some causes are due to the season of life we're in, like puberty, breastfeeding, menopause. Others are temporary, caused by by our environment, like stress, illness, or changes in our weight. And others are caused by more serious medical conditions that unless we address the underlying cause, that anovulation probably isn't going to go away. And that's why it's so important to address these issues rather than masking the problem with something like the pill to regulate our menstrual cycles. And I use air quotes when I say regulate because you can understand through some of the things that I've talked about already and the pill and the fact that it actually causes anovulation and doesn't actually balance your hormones or regulate your menstrual cycle as it's sometimes sold to us to be. So if you do have any of these more serious medical conditions, 
it's worth getting them investigated. If you're noticing consistent changes in ovulation in your menstrual cycle, if you're noticing consistently irregular or really long cycles, then get it checked, especially before you get to the point of time where you're trying to conceive and you've got that extra stress hanging over you. Like I said, some of these causes are considered normal, but sometimes they're not. And these are the circumstances where charting can really help you to decide what is normal for you and what needs some further investigation. So how do we know if ovulation has actually occurred? So when you're charting, it's really important to chart every day of your cycle and be really accurate in your recordings. So you need to write clear notes about every day that you observe fertile mucus and any day where you see dry or minimal mucus that isn't that wet, slippery, fertile quality mucus. You have to mark it differently on your chart. And it sounds really straightforward, but this is why it's important not to chart what you think you're supposed to see, but rather what you actually see. Because some women are in their fertile window, they're seeing that wet mucus, and then they just automatically on autopilot start charting, yep, fertile, 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 fertile. Okay, ovulation, I'm done. You need to chart what you're seeing because sometimes it changes. And if on your chart you don't see that transition to that slippery, lubricative, peak day fertile mucus that represents ovulation, there's a big sign there that ovulation may not have occurred, especially if there was no temperature spike afterwards and you can see that your temperature is potentially all over the the place throughout the entire cycle without that clear upward shift. So when you have confirmed ovulation and your peak day, that last day of that slippery fertile mucus, you need to mark that on your chart to indicate that ovulation has occurred. So you mark what you believe to be ovulation as it happens because it's our last day of fertile mucus. And usually, like I said, you're seeing that temperature shift. But if menstruation doesn't happen 10 to 17 days later and we're not pregnant, it's likely it's not ovulation. And then we'll realize that before our period is due, we'll likely see the return of our fertile mucus if the body is then trying to ovulate for a second or a third time. And so if we are getting really technical here, you really can't confirm ovulation until you see menstruation and then you count backwards. If your cycle is pretty consistent and predictable, then you can more often than not pinpoint ovulation sooner than your next period, of course. But if your cycle is unpredictable, if you're just getting started with charting and you're not actually sure about when you're ovulating, the only real way to confirm is when you see that true menstruation after the fact. In most cases, like I said, you can mark your chart as ovulation day when you see that peak day. But if you notice that a change in your mucus pattern happens and your fertile mucus returns again before your period arrives, that first peak day likely wasn't ovulation. That was just your body attempting ovulation. So when you've confirmed ovulation with those different factors, you can then move into that non-fertile phase after ovulation, the luteal phase, and that's when you can start to expect your next period. So when should you seek further advice? So many women are reluctant to seek advice and support from a healthcare professional when it comes to their menstrual cycle and their periods. They seem to either assume it's nothing and that it will disappear on its own, or they suspect that something could be going on under the surface, but they don't want to know about it because more often than not, we fear the worst and we panic and think that something's wrong. But every day 
women are breaking down barriers and removing that taboo of menstruation. But I know that some are still embarrassed and uncomfortable asking their doctors about it. But please remember that experiencing a really, really irregular periods or atypical symptoms doesn't mean that something is seriously wrong. But not addressing the issue over time can lead to greater problems, especially when you're ready to start trying to have a baby. If you notice that your period isn't typical, if you're noticing it's irregular or long or you're concerned that you may not be ovulating, talk to a healthcare professional and investigate what could be causing your symptoms. It's better to address it sooner rather than later. And unfortunately, this is something that a lot of GPs just don't have the knowledge and experience in. And so it doesn't stop there. There are lots of different people that you can talk to. If something seems unusual for a single cycle and then it returns to a typical pattern again, you probably don't need to rush out and get advice straight away unless it's interfering with your daily functioning. But if you notice irregularities that are occurring during every cycle or most cycles and creating a pattern, it's time to investigate. So chart your symptoms so that you can see the patterns more closely and you can then go through your charts with someone who's trained in analyzing the charts and determining if you are actually getting symptoms at the same stage of every cycle and then understanding what's causing these symptoms. Talk to family and friends to learn if this is something that others experience too, especially females in your family, because a lot of this stuff can be a little bit genetic. But remember, common doesn't equal normal. So just because people you're talking to have the same problems, that doesn't mean it's normal. It might mean you all need to go and get some, get some help. Now, if you feel like you've explored all your options, but you're not getting answers, as I said, talk to your doctor, talk about getting your hormone levels tested, talk through your symptoms and show patterns in your chart that you've noticed. But like I said, not all doctors are trained in women's health, especially in this area. And most will probably have no idea how to interpret your charts. But if you're not happy about your experience with a particular healthcare professional, get a second or third opinion. Ask around and do some research to find someone that specializes in women's health, specializes in charting and fertility awareness and all of these things that are finally becoming a little bit more commonly understood. You might prefer to get a referral to see a gynecologist who specializes in hormone disorders, fertility issues, any sort of reproductive health. It might take time to find a healthcare professional that's a good fit for your needs and for what you want, but it is worth the effort. So trust your gut, listen to your body, and if it doesn't feel right, get it investigated and stay confident until you get the answers that you need. So many women just put up with these abnormal or irregular period symptoms because they think that they don't have a choice. They think that these symptoms are normal for them and they don't think that anything can really be done about it. But just because some symptoms are common, like I said, it doesn't mean that they're normal. It is absolutely possible to have a symptom-free menstrual cycle. It's possible to function as a regular human during your period, and it's possible to have a predictable regular cycle. Even if there are little wonky, wonky phases, charting will help you to make unpredictable cycles a little bit more predictable for you. So if you experience any regular symptoms, if you suspect that something may not be right, please, please get get some help, get some advice. You can work with them to balance your hormones and regulate your period so that you don't have to dread them month after month. 
That is all for this week's episode. I'll climb off my soapbox now, but I hope I haven't confused the pants off you. We are getting really detailed now when it comes to your cycle and anovulatory cycles are definitely confusing. So if you're feeling like you have no idea what I just talked about in this episode, that's okay. You're not the only one. This is something I talk a lot about with my fertility school students and it's something that comes up a lot with my private clients too because ultimately the whole point of charting is to identify ovulation. And when your body is potentially praying tricks on you, then you might need that little bit of extra support in figuring it all out. And that's where I'm happy to help. So deciphering women's charts, breaking down their cycles is a fun puzzle for me. I find it weirdly enjoyable. And if you do want some help, please get in touch with me. And of course, please get in touch if you want to have a chat or if you have any episode suggestions for the podcast. If you're listening in real time, I'll be wrapping up the podcast soon for maternity leave. So make sure you get your suggestions in before I finalize what I'm doing because time is fast getting away from me. Now, you can get today's show notes with everything I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies, other related episodes at fertilityco.com.au forward slash 44. And don't forget if you want some help understanding the charting process, understanding your fertile signs, you can join that free fertility masterclass. So the link there is on the show in the show notes, or you can jump on over to fertilitycode.com.au forward slash masterclass. I will see you in next week's episode where we are talking about sperm, sperm count, sperm health, sperm survival in the female reproductive system, improving the quality of sperm, all about sperm. That's next time. Okay, bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you're empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Fertility Co. podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Fertility Co., slide on into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit fertilityco.com.au forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone. Wear the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.